everybody and welcome to This Woman Can. I am your host Janice Sutherland where it is my passion to help women on their leadership journeys, create impactful careers and have more wins in their life. And we are continuing our conversation with women in the environmental, environmental industries across the whole gamut. And my guest this week is Deval Barzi. She is an environmental management professional with experience spanning the industrial and regulatory side of the Trinidad and Tobago energy sector. Her vast expertise includes risk management, environmental impact assessments, stakeholder engagement, and sustainable energy policy and project development. She's also the founder of the Climate Conscious, a consultancy service which seeks to connect individuals and organizations to sustainability solutions. She hosts and produces the Climate Conscious podcast, promoting climate action sustainable de development from a Caribbean perspective. And she's also a member of the Clinton's Foundation's Women in Renewable Energy Network and a climate reality leader. Now, Deval, I, Deval I've not heard that phrase, a climate reality leader. So I'm going to ask you about that as we get into the conversation. But before we do, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how, how you got to where you are today? Hi, Janice, and hi to your listeners. And thank you for inviting me on This Woman Can. So a bit about my journey, I, well, I am born and bred in Trinidad and Tobago, spent all my life here in this slice of paradise, <laughs> and I studied environmental and natural resource management, coupled with agribusiness as a double major at the University of the West Indies, and I was fortunate enough to, coming out, graduating with my bachelor's, I entered an internship program at the then state-owned oil and gas company. And that's where I got into environmental risk management, but particularly in the energy sector. And that was pretty exciting. And I think I owe a lot of my professional and also personal development to that opportunity. So it was a two-year internship in a very male-dominated mm. environment. Mm. And I guess we'll get a bit more into that yes. as we yes. as the conversation. You know we're going <laughs> we'll to. <see. laughs> but um, yeah, so that's where I got hands-on experience bridging what I learned um, in the classroom and in the lab to the real world. And following that two-year internship, I was re retained as a professional in the same field, HSC field, health, safety, and environment um, for a period of three years on contract on, mm -hmm. until my, so I spent a total of five years there until my contract was not renewed. So that was a big moment in my, my life, you know, um, my, traje my trajectory kind of came to an abrupt mm. halt. And, but prior to that, I had started my master's doing an MBA that focused on sustainable energy management. We looked at the energy sector um, in addition to the conventional oil and gas, but also incorporated new energy, such as renewables, solar, wind, energy efficiency. So I know it seemed a bit weird at the time coming from that conventional energy space and venturing into sustainable energy. But I was very intrigued by 
the potential for that to um, assist with managing the environmental impact of energy as a whole. So I was, sorry. So I was doing my master's um, and then wondering what would be my next step. Um, <laughs> honestly, devastating, <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, and then I was able to, I joined the Ministry of Energy where I got experience in sustainable energy from the policy side. Right. So um, at the point in time, you know, the country was trying to make that shift as the rest of the global community was doing, shifting away, transitioning from dirty fossil fuels to sustainable alternatives. So there I got exposed to the various aspects of you know developing policy and also raising awareness since we were so entrenched as a country in oil and gas yeah and so I'm currently at the ministry and but in a slightly different role I've kind of um gone full circle back to my environmental core but definitely with a major interest in sustainability which has led me to start my podcast and consultancy in terms of assisting us in making that transition right and also recognizing that although the global community is promoting this shift um, from a Caribbean perspective we have a, a unique context that we need to I think we need to make known and mm-hmm. we need to be mindful when we are making certain decisions about the changes that we want to make in our what are the national, regional, or community level? Yeah. yeah. So that's me in a nutshell. Okay. I was going to say, as a question for there, what does sustainability in the Caribbean mean? What does it look like? An excellent question. And for me, that is a question that we all should be asking. I think that we are all, we are writing that script. Right. And my role is a, as a facilitator to help us to get us thinking about that. What do we want it to look like? Mm. And it's not about taking some prescription from that is given to us by the international community, but really deciding what does Caribbean sustainability look like? And I think that we have a lot of the elements already right. that we may not be mindful of. We may have actually moved away from those elements in pursuit of a model of sustainable, a model of development that we have now recognized as unsustainable. Right. So at this point where we're trying to shift towards that sustainable development pathway, yes, there are some international frameworks with the kind of sustainable development goals, but what does that mean for you and I as, as Caribbean people, you know, and I know I'm throwing back the question to you, but yes, my, yes. Role is really, <laughs> my role is really to get us thinking about it. Um, for me, it's allowing us to enjoy a standard of living that we're comfortable with, but also existing in harmony with our natural ecosystems, which are so valuable for yes. us, and also provide, you know, they provide economic um, activity and economic returns. So therefore... We need to maintain that delicate balance Mm. between, you know, uh, what we derive from it and how we interact with it. 
Right, right. So I can see it's being a very, it's going to be a, an ongoing discussion. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Fabulous, fabulous. Thank you. Thank you for that. So let me get back on, let me get back on track. I'm talking about you, Devel. Um, can you describe, now you talked about, you talked earlier uh, about losing, you know, your contract being renewed and stuff and the, and the shock that was, but can you describe one of your biggest challenges that you faced and how you overcame it and the lessons you learned and hopefully that contributes to greater success? Sure. So as I mentioned, you know, as a young university graduate, as a young female university graduate entering this very masculine space, mm. um, one of the main challenges that I encountered throughout that experience was, was the, you know, people trying to place you in this box. Yes. And, um, you know, so I studied environmental management because I always had an interest and always had an interest in, I would say, our interactions with the environment and helping to protect it or not necessarily preserve because we do have an impact, but right. managing those impacts, right? Yeah. And people felt, I would say certain persons felt that as a, a young woman, your place was in the office. Uh, and in the office in a administrative type of role as opposed to being out in the field mm -hmm. where you can actually have an impact where you're actually able to do your work and assist the others who yeah. are in the field so there's always this I would say this struggle where you have to prove yourself and and to do so you had to you weren't given a, a fair chance at chance at the start. You were always right, right. having to prove yourself twice as much as the other gender. Mm, mm. So I think you know encountering those limits that other persons placed on you just by the way that you looked or your anatomy. You know, it made it a bit more difficult. But I guess that built my resilience bone. And it allowed me to, to develop, you know, strengths that I guess they were, they were lying dormant. They were there, <laughs> they, were, they were there, but not really active. And I yeah. had to really dig deep within to really face those challenges and, and move forward because I think, you know, not everyone would come out of that. Mm. Um, I guess come out on the other side, you know, yes. there, there yeah. were moments of doubt and there were moments of, you know, feeling, I guess, feeling down about it. But I, I, I was able to push through. And I would say that even though there were those who were unsupportive, and I think that was one of the challenges, feeling unsupported. Right, right. Space, and um, I did meet persons along the way that assisted me right. in moving forward. Yeah. And... Um, who provided a better coaching, informally provided mm -hmm. a better coaching and mentorship, mm -hmm. which was something that was sorely lacking for young, I would say for young um, graduates and, and particularly for young female graduates. Right. right. And as my career has progressed, I've, I've been able to find that. I am um, currently as a member of the Clinton Climate Foundation, they have a, the Women in Renewable Energy Network. 
right. which offers mentorship and professional development opportunities for women in the energy space. Okay. But back then, this was about 10 years ago, that didn't exist. And even with the other women in the space, there was a, a, a sense of antagonism as opposed to camaraderie and and that community the community wasn't really there so you kind of encountered I I would say at at that point I was looking for mentorship although I may not have framed it in that Mm. way you know I was looking for that guidance I was looking Mm -hmm. for that the hand of someone who went before right 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 so what I'm it was Mm-hmm. As I say, so what I'm hearing there from the not only did you have to um, deal with the male counterpart, we also have this um, like there's the only room at the top for one woman type of thing um, happening and that you weren't getting the support from the other women who are in the field also. I encountered some of that. Yes. Yeah. And I, I don't want to I don't want it to be mistaken that they were all that way. But yeah, 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 you, yeah. You, yeah. You know, you met you met with some resistance from I guess from both genders right yeah and I guess understandably that in that environment those who would have gone before me have encountered similar struggles Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. maybe have built up that hard shell as a coping mechanism right right you know so I guess in hindsight I could um be a bit more compassionate <laughs> about about the experiences. So, so Deval, if you had to share or give one tip to um, another young woman entering uh, a male-dominated space, what would you advise? What what tip would you share? I would say that you have to have a certain level of confidence in who you are and what you know right and so having that baseline of you know i am i should be here Mm. i have a right to be here and i have a certain level of competence and i'm also here to learn you know so it's so starting with that baseline of i think a bit of self-assurance right that will that will be shaken (laughs) undoubtedly but that's a good place to start. And um, I think you will find persons who can assist you. Right. And a mentor or a coach um, doesn't have to be an official arrangement. Mm. But there may be someone in the organization that you can observe or that you can interact with that can assist you in moving forward. And I think that your your work speaks for you. So mm. always focus on delivering quality work. Right. Even despite whatever challenges that you encounter yeah. around the way, you know, they can't discredit the quality of your work. Right, right. Excellent, excellent. Thank you for that. So can you share with us how failure has made a positive difference in your life? Right. I think... Um, the more you fail, <laughs> I know that sounds a bit weird, but you become a bit more comfortable with failure. And I know that is, is a weird statement, but what I mean is that 
What I mean by that is you will fail at some point. And Mm -hmm. if you are completely afraid of failure, you also will not reach greatness. Yeah. Because you'll be afraid of stepping out and doing something different or, you know, taking a risk. So I would say failure has um, allowed me to pivot Mm. or to kind of to dig deep because you know it allows you to 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 change course and sometimes it's involuntary but Mm. at the end of it it actually you end up where you are supposed to be yeah so I think you know as they're saying that it's it's never a loss it's a lesson and Mm. as cliche as it sounds it is so true so I think as you move along your trajectory in life and in the professional space Hmm. you become a bit more okay with encountering failures I'll say failures yeah um I mean you try your best not to not to be in that that space but it happens and then you you just look for the lessons what did I learn in this situation what could I have done differently what will I take with me going forward so that's my approach to failure Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, Deval, if you had to start over from scratch, yeah, start from scratch, <laughs> knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? Well, that's a that's a big question. What would I have done differently? Um, you see, changing anything would completely change the entire outcome of my life. I think. Okay. And. Um, what would I have done differently? I think I would have been a bit more outspoken at first. Um, it took me a while to find my voice and to find that self-confidence and that, um, yeah, that self-confidence. It took a while for that to develop. Mm. So sometimes I look back on some situations and I was like, I would have tell off that person, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> if, if, or something like that I would have I would have been a bit more outspoken and I, um, I would have been more of an a self-advocate which yeah. I have learned yeah. yeah to to be I have learned to become through the experiences and I guess experiences yeah. teach you that yeah. yeah so yeah I think um I think that's what I would do differently and I think I said yes to a lot of opportunities, even though I was afraid. So I don't really look back with much regret yeah. on the way things um things turned out. I see the way that everything shaped me, every experience, good or bad. Fabulous, fabulous. Now you touched on a couple of things there. So you talked about um, having the confidence to talk up. But the other thing you really took, which I'm very hot on, is self-advocacy. Yeah. And for our, for the people who, for our listeners and stuff like that may not understand what self-advocacy means. Could you, in your words, describe what it is and how you self-advocate, how you self-advocate? Right. Um, a good example of that um, to, to illustrate it, I think when we look at the men have the boys club mm-hmm. and they have these networks that, you know, really support them. And I mentioned earlier about feeling unsupported. Yeah. And um, 
I think it's important to seek out opportunities that can assist you. You have an idea of where you would like to go and, you know, encountering challenges, encountering obstacles, you might be tempted to just give up Mm. or to minimize yourself because circumstances or people are telling you no, right? But I think let let those no's or those um, obstacles kind of fuel you to find another way. Be creative and and be resilient. You have to bounce back from all those mm. you know negative encounters or obstacles or the so called glass ceiling. So being a self advocate for me is always always coming back to that belief in yourself that appreciation for what for your ability and mm-hmm. also that division that you have for yourself and if it means coming back to the drawing board and and strategizing of how you can achieve your goals mm. i think it's it's always coming back to that belief that you are you're able you're capable and and there must be a way yeah 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 and and i think added to that is yes you know you're capable but you actually have to feel comfortable telling people that you are capable because knowing, yes. that, knowing that you are and putting it down on paper and having a great plan if nobody knows about it yeah it's not going to get you anywhere so I think for me to add to that for self-advocacy is get comfortable talking about how good you are at what you do which women um we struggle with at times Really yes, do struggle. We, we really do. do struggle with putting ourselves out and say, "Look, I'm, 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 you know, I'm good at this. This is what I do, and you need to consider me, or you need me. Not even consider, you know, you need me." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See yourself as an asset, and um, recognizing your, yourself as an asset because we all have our strengths. Yes. And we know knowing what you bring to the table, and as you said, Absolutely. not being afraid yeah. to articulate it. Yeah. Yeah. And and yes, I think you know growing up you're taught that the tequilas must be seen and not heard yes yes but sometimes at times you have to be heard you have to make yourself seen and heard yeah and it's not about doing that in a very negative way but it's about asserting yourself Mm. in spaces Mm. where you believe that you you belong yeah yeah, yeah. And, and we're often told that it's unseemly, for a better word, to talk about how good you are. I'm like, but if I don't... But men do it all the time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and if I don't do it, I know my story better than anybody else. So why would I want to um, delegate that to somebody? I want to tell you and give you the opportunity to hear it, you know, hear it from me and ask me the questions just to sense check. Is she really, is she for real? Yeah, I am. You know, so I want to give you that. I want to give you that opportunity. So, and but that, as you said, comes with confidence, um, definitely comes with um, being self-assured and belief in self-belief in yourself. So Deval, when you face confidence issues, how do you navigate them and get out and get out of that vicious cycle? Oh, the, <laughs> the infamous imposter syndrome mm-hmm. is so real. But again, I come back to, to myself, you know, um, I know myself best. Yes. I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses and I think I just remind myself of some of the things that I have done. And also I have a lot of faith 
um, I come back to my faith in God. Mm-hmm. And that also helps me to, um, to really dig deep and push through the noise. Um, I think a, a big part of that lack of confidence is also fear. Right, yes. And when you, when you face those fears, not that they would instantly go away, but you're better able to, to treat with them, to mm-hmm. do it afraid. And I think mm-hmm. that is what has taken me throughout my journey, doing it afraid. Feel the fear and yeah, do it anyway. anyway. Yes, <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Excellent. Yeah, so I think it's, it's being mindful, being self-aware. Yeah. Being mindful and having that faith. Right. You know, faith over fear. Yeah. To, to really push towards the goals that you have um, set for yourself. Excellent. And you answered a couple of questions there for me. So thanks very much. Um, so about share with us a success quote or mantra that you use and why it's meaningful to you. Sure. So, I mean, I have encountered many of those quotes that, you know, really get you fired up. Um, but one that sticks with me is what was said at my high school graduation many, many years ago. And the speaker said that excellence is an attainable goal. And that has really impacted me. It actually led me to, um, when I was at university, to push to get, to graduate with first class honors. Okay. And it, it meant a lot to me, but also meant a lot to, you know, my family being mm-hmm. the first in my immediate family to attend university, you know, and I, I, I wanted to, to really, it was to represent and also yeah. to a bit of gratitude for their support mm-hmm. as well. So of course they were really proud, but yeah, that mantra really keeps me going because sometimes you may, for whatever reason, it may be challenges, it may be your personal issues. You might just feel like, okay, I could just do the bare minimum mm. and, and get by. Or maybe the persons in your environment are just doing the bare minimum or they're okay with that mediocre life. Yes. Or they say, you know, you should be content. But there's something in you that maybe you may have a vision of yourself that is beyond what is in your immediate surroundings or what beyond the box that other, mm-hmm. other people place you in. Mm-hmm. But if you believe that excellence is an attainable goal, you will pursue it. And so that is, that is the approach I take in life. Um, I mean, not everything you pursue is something that you want to be mm-hmm. the best at. But there are certain things that really trigger that in you and you, yes. you know you want to give it your best. Yes. So yes. that has been um, very um, valuable source of inspiration for me. Excellent. 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 I, lo- I love that. So Deval, it, what advice, I'm going to cast your mind back a little bit more again. What advice would you give to your teenage self? Teenage self. I feel like being a teenager is such a weird time. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, but in hindsight, I would say be comfortable being you, being your authentic self. Yeah. Um, I think you spend a lot of the time trying to fit 
mm. um, a mold or fit what either the media or society tells you you should be instead of really kind of going inward and 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 basking in who you are mm. right mm. and and celebrating that Mm. You spend so much time trying to not be who you are. Yeah. Where instead, I think you should just embrace your your uniqueness, embrace your authentic self. And because another quote that comes to mind, the world doesn't need carbon copies of anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You you are put here. I would tell myself that you are put here with a purpose. Mm -hmm. You are beautiful and you are capable and just go for it. Yeah, yeah. And I love what you said there about um, being who you are. But there are still so many women that have that inner, that inner fight because they're still trying to be something that's not naturally them. And I always tell them, it's so much more hard work trying to be something you're not. Put all that, yeah, energy, into your, put all that energy into who you are. You know, look how far you could go. You know, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. So, Deval, if you could choose your own mentor, we talked to touch on mentorship earlier. But if you could choose anyone to be your mentor, who would it be and why? Wow, that is a that is a tough one, because um, there's not one particular person that you okay. know I idolize. I kind of pull inspiration from. A lot of different people um but if i had to choose wow this, <laughs> this is a tough one i would um i really admire two persons that i really admire currently would be the current vp in the u.s miss kamala harris yeah and also um miss michelle obama okay so <laughs> I think I can learn a lot from them and um, navigating and doing things that people tell you you can't do, uh, which they have both done. Mm. So I think I, I think I admire that about them. And I would love to hear, you know, maybe some intimate de- details about how they navigated those challenges. Right, right. Thank you for that. So, yeah, you give yourself some lofty mentors there. Great. <laughs> <laughs> So, Daval, what three things have you learned about yourself during your career? Three things I've learned about myself. One, I always say I'm very resilient. Okay. And you only know how resilient you are when you face challenges. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) True, true. Very true. Very true. So my resilience is, I think, one of my best attributes. Um, My creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, and in terms of you know finding solutions and also I've always had a creative side whether it's creative writing or drawing on the walls as a child <laughs> and I even spent a couple of years as a makeup artist so I always need that creative outlet yeah yeah and I guess the podcast is that for me now right right um and I think my that I'm a visionary Right. So okay. I always have, you know, even even if the current reality is one way, you know, in my mind, I can see so many possibilities mm-hmm. and I will indulge in, in those possibilities. So I think those are 
three things that I have learned about myself along the way and, and they have served me well. And, and if you had to choose one to keep and you, and you had to get rid of, you had to get rid of two, which one would it be? Wow. <laughs> I'll say my resilience. resilience. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. I just threw that in because I just wanted to hear the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so we're coming down to our last couple of questions, Dovel. Um, so where would we find you typically on a Saturday morning at 10 a.m.? Oh, it depends. Every Saturday is different. Um, occasionally, you can find me in my backyard. I have a, a kitchen garden that I recently um, restarted. We could live. So, we could live. Oh, that'd be, that's what I'm <laughs> after. Yeah, so we could live. <laughs> yeah, or you could find me maybe organizing to record a podcast. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. And, and tell us a little bit more about the podcast. Sure. So the Climate Conscious podcast, I actually celebrated one year, um, April 22nd. So I started in April 2020 during the heights of the pandemic mm-hmm. when most of the world was in lockdown. So I had a bit more time to, to really devote to getting it started. And I... I'm an avid podcast listener. At least I was before I started doing podcasts myself because <laughs> now I don't have as much time. But I really enjoy the medium. Um, yes. Either to just relax or even to learn something meaningful. Mm-hmm. And as part of the Women and Renewable Energy Network mentorship program, you were required to do a call to action. And I know I wanted to do something in awareness around sustainability. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do a podcast right. and tap into my network to interview people because I didn't want to do one where it was just me speaking because mm-hmm. I feel like that would not have been sustainable. <laughs> so I started a podcast to bring awareness to sustainability issues, but also to amplify Caribbean voices because I felt mm-hmm. that we were very underrepresented in the sustainability space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although we were, you know, in the front line of some of the major impacts, such as climate change. Mm. So I wanted to highlight firstly the challenges of sustainability, such as climate change, but also the solutions and what we can do both as um, individuals and as a collective Mm. to address the situation, this urgent, urgent situation. So it features um, interviews with different persons from different spaces in terms of you know academia industry civil society um exploring various elements of sustainable development and again with a particular focus on the caribbean and small Mm -hmm. island developing states Mm -hmm. so while i may feature persons from north america and europe i always like to to show how how their strategies or actions can be, you know, tailored or implemented in right. our region to assist right. us in, you know, moving forward to that sustainable future. Yeah, yeah, excellent, excellent. And uh, uh, where can we find the podcast? So the podcast is available on most um, podcast apps on your favorite podcast um, network, Apple, Google, Spotify, and it can also be accessed through the website, theclimateconscious.com. Excellent, excellent. So my last official question 
is Vadaval, what does success feel like to you? Success to me is something called your, your ikigai, which is a, a, a Japanese um, phrase. And I apologize in advance for not, not <laughs> defining it properly, but it's the nexus of, you know, your passion and your skill and, and your mission. And it's just finding that sweet spot yeah. where you're able to make an impact and you're able to live a, a comfortable life right and you're happy with it you're happy with the impact that you're having you're happy with the life you're able to build yeah. for yourself yeah. yeah so that's that's the goal i'm i am seeking as well to to really to exist in that space and cuz i think i'm i'm sure that you know sustainability is my ikigai <laughs> so it's just you know i guess building it out <laughs> yeah excellent yes. excellent so that was my last official question, Daryl. So thank you so much, so much for um, answering my questions so openly. And if persons want to get connect with you or get to know more about what you do, how can they do that? Sure, they can certainly reach out to me on the major social media apps. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Daryl Bazi, Instagram and Facebook at The Climate Conscious. As I mentioned, the website, theclimateconscious.com. So feel free to reach out to me on any of those options. Excellent. Excellent. So I'll be sure to put all those links in the show notes. So Deval, thank you so much for joining me today on This Woman Can. Thank you, Janice. I enjoyed our conversation. Excellent. Thank you. Career reinvention. I've been there and I get it. And I want success for you. Are you exploring a career pivot to find more fulfillment? Are you thinking of returning to work after career break? Are you emerging from a personal life transition? But maybe you're fuzzy about what you actually want to be doing or how to close the gap between your now and your next. You could even be frustrated about change, both the kind that's happening physically and the kind that isn't. Scared you have more to look back on than forward to. Or you could even be frenzied by so much responsibility, the kids, the partners, that you are floundering as you seek to find greater contribution in the world. You might be wondering, is this as good as it gets? Well, I'm here to tell you, no. There's a way forward and it's really exciting. Your next career chapter is an intensive, hands-on, 12-week live program that will walk you through a proven step-by-step process to help you get clear on your goals so you stop wasting time in the haze, removing the blocks, and start creating a solid picture of what a vibrant, energized career looks like for you helps you create practical, easy to implement action steps by identifying where you want to go and the how to get there. So that becomes totally apparent and doable. And you access expert guidance because I am here to help you every step of the way. For more information, visit JaniceSutherland.com for details on how to join a program that will help you turn your mid-career crisis into your mid-career success.